the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 199, recorded Friday, June 12th, 2015. Infocom 2015, pregame. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us this week is Hope Roth, my buddy and pal, programmer extraordinaire, master-level programmer now. How are you, ma'am? I'm great. How are you? Doing fabulous. Uh, Hope and I have spent a couple of days this week. Well, the the pro- podcast we recorded uh, technically yesterday, we, folks won't see for a while, but, uh, but you're doing it from your car in case uh, you're not watching this, so... But she's not and driving. I was going to say, I'm in the passenger seat. You're not driving. so Safety first. Safety first. Uh, also with us is is my sushi pal, uh, Lindsay Adler. <laughs> I, I got to meet Lindsay for the, you know, uh, not for the first time, but I got to meet Lindsay in, in New York last month and uh, with the Streaming Media East, and we had sushi. So how are you, ma'am? I'm great, thanks. Uh, this is actually, Lindsay is the, you're not brand new. This is, this is kind of your second or third trade show uh, as the new uh, editor-in-chief of SCN, but you will be doing the, the show daily next week. How are, how are you, uh, how are you prepping for that? Oh, wow. Uh, that's a hard question to answer, but, uh, basically I, I prep the whole daily and then I have a really fantastic expert staff on hand at the show and I sort of leave it in their laps and, and they run it like a well-oiled machine and I go off and run run around and, and talk to everybody about what's new and cool. So this week is the is much harder. I've said this to a number of people in emails the last couple of days. This week before Infocom, way, way harder and more stressful than actually being at the show. I would actually agree with that. <laughs> now that you mentioned it, I would actually agree with that. Yeah, this was, um, you know, you guys have a booth. We, we have a booth. We actually shipped ours off on Wednesday and um, kind of cross your fingers and hope it gets there. So... Uh, so, uh, also last but not least, uh, our buddy Todd Puma, and uh, he has a friend by the name of Craig Metzger. How are you, gentlemen? Doing well. Doing well, thank you. Uh, Todd, real quickly, explain to people why uh, why you have a friend with you. Well, uh, recently, Craig and myself merged together. Um, Craig is a security company that recently went into home integration for high-end um, customers. Uh, we never got into the security market before, uh, never installed the security panel or anything, and no better to work with a company that has been doing it for over 20 years. Uh, Craig is like no other security company out there. Uh, Craig could better explain uh, his position and what he does in his business and made him go into the integration and uh, better than I can, but this relationship and this partnership is, is very new. It's actually only a few days in the making. It just went public. Um, and it's a very exciting venture we're heading uh, across and working through. Uh, two new New Jersey guys. He's right on the corner, actually five minutes away from where my home is. Uh, we've been in New York City for the longest period of time. Been passing by this building every single day. Uh, over in uh, Cedia, we met his programmer uh, that actually came over to him full time 
Michael. He was part of Immersive Technologies, and their relationship is brand new as well. And you know, Craig is basically right now has a powerhouse of a company, and you know, we want to be part of it. Very cool. Well, congratulations, guys. Uh, wish you all the best. Uh, actually, Todd is, is uh, he mentioned Cedia. Todd's coming to, to Envocom next week as uh, as our one of our, our residential uh, buddies, but Todd's getting into some, com some commercial stuff, so he'll he'll be around, uh, most likely the restaurant booth and some other ones as well. So uh, I think you get in, what, Wednesday? That's correct. Very cool. All right. Uh, all right, uh, let's hit this, uh, let's get this show on the road and, and start talking about some things. As usually happens, there are some, uh, there is a plethora, uh, as it were, of fabulous uh, pre-show announcements. This is one of the more interesting ones. Uh, the Microsoft Surface Hub, um, uh, we uh, saw it at ISE this this year uh, in Amsterdam. Uh, it was the one of the first. It was the first time that they were showing it to to AV people. Uh, but it is being announced that it will be available to partners starting July one. Now here's the, here's a couple of things. First of all, um, you've got uh, they're, they're releasing it to twenty four different markets, twenty four different geographic markets. You've got Windows ten in this thing. You've got uh, Skype for Business. You've got OneNote. You've got Office. You've got all this other stuff. You have a range of about seven sixty nine ninety nine is the you know is the release, but basically seven grand up to twenty grand, talking fifty five inches to eighty four inches. And there's three different levels of quote unquote partners. You got a distributor partner, you have strategic resellers, you've got all these different things. Um, but it is Microsoft's big first step, and one of the things that uh, that I think is a huge deal is the fact that. They are showing it. They're, they're going to show it next week. This is not a, 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 a secret, right? Um, they're showing it next week at Infocom. Three weeks, two weeks after you see it next at Infocom next week, you can order it, right? You could become a strategic partner. You could you know get connected with one of the resellers. So, uh, Lindsay, we're going to start with you, first of all and foremost. What does this mean? What does this kind of big, giant footprint um, from Microsoft mean? What does it mean for AV? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard not to downplay that. I mean, it's a big deal. I mean, people have been talking about it since last year with Microsoft's flop at the show um, with all their, their charging stations and everything. But the point was is that something big was coming. And there's really nothing else like it on the market in, in a lot of ways. So it's solving a lot of problems for, for integrators, um, as far as I've heard. And I just think the market penetration available to them is also a really big deal. I mean, everyone likes to talk about how the office space is changing, and, and this is the one product I can think of, really, that is, is going to be changing it in, in a really big way. I mean, there are a lot of really innovative products for collaboration that are out there already, but something that's um, so all-encompassing and so unifying, and, and to have that brand name of Microsoft that's so ubiquitous in all of our business needs in the first place, it's hard to understate that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hope from a standpoint of a, a main, a, uh, well, an integrator, uh, you've got three different levels. Is there a reason, uh, or does it, I guess should, I should say this, you know, say it this way, uh, does it make a difference uh, from an integrator standpoint on these different levels, or is, is the bottom line really, hey, we can get you a Microsoft Surface Hub? Uh, yeah, I think it's actually a very interesting strategy on the behalf on behalf of uh, Microsoft to sell it this way, and I, I actually think it's a pretty good one. Um, I know Microsoft's had a lot of flops lately, but this seems like a really great idea to strategically partner with 
integrators and with manufacturers um, because I, f I feel like there's a lot of these um, collaboration sort of solutions but a lot of times they get shoehorned into spaces and they're not integrator friendly so I think this is a really interesting way of doing it to be integrator friendly out of the gate and also that they're strategically partnering with companies that theoretically will know how to implement these in, a, in the best way possible so um, it's probably a great way of ensuring that people have a good experience with it if they're doing it properly but I know from when I worked in commercial we you know we had we worked with some of these collaboration products and they didn't always fit in with the sort of traditional from scratch integrated conference room and boardroom um, so this this is a pretty interesting way of doing it well, Craig and Todd, let, let's talk about that for a second because Hope brings up a good point, the, the collaboration, right? The, this is where they're headed. This is, it, from from what some people have been written, the, the ultimate huddle space device, right? This is, you know, one one display with built-in uh, VTC with the fact that you've got Skype for Business, uh, which if you're not familiar with the terminology Skype for Business, it's what they're starting to change uh, link from into, into Skype for Business. Um, but is this something where I be? It, does it make sense for for Microsoft to start going after these not only you know, boardrooms but also these some of these smaller huddle spaces? I would say absolutely. I mean, we find that our commercial customers that are deploying huddle rooms and boardrooms and conference rooms are looking for the members of those meetings to be able to be more interactive in the space. And so for years, I think that, you know, although they had beautiful displays and DM, you know, uh, distribution, the lack of being able to interactive, uh, interact with those screens between the mobile devices in the room or, or laptops in the room and truly be able to be part of the meeting in an interactive way had been a little lacking. Uh, in addition to that, you know, we hear a lot of demand for uh, being able to utilize an interactive whiteboarding as well. So uh, I think you know there's a couple of products that we've been recently deploying in those type of rooms, but I'm excited to see what they have to offer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, to, and, and Todd, we'll bring you in on this next story. Uh, Microsoft also made an interesting, uh, I shouldn't say Microsoft as a, as a company, but it was, it, was, it was Microsoft as a company. It was the, the vice president of OEM, Worldwide OEM, uh, Nick Parker, called Ping, quote unquote, an elegant home automation technology that utilizes Azure IoT services to connect lighting, shades, audio, thermostats, door locks, security systems, so that everything works together intelligently to make life easier. So my first simplistic question to you, Todd, you're, you're a big ping proponent, have been since it come, came out. Um, you know, you've worked with this, this system for, you know, more, well, I'm not gonna say a year now, but almost, you know, nine months, almost a year. Not to be stupid, but I didn't realize that Ping was an IoT technology. Um, why is why would Ping be considered an Internet of Things technology, Todd? <laughs> to be honest with you, I didn't know it was either. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, there you have it. <laughs> I just want to be honest with that. You know, what Ping comes down to is it's simple to use. Uh, anyone can install it. Uh, the end user has more hands-on. Um, control of this unit. It's not something that is controlled by a programmer. You're not held hostage uh, to making a change for an integration company or a programmer or any individual. Uh, the thing that makes uh, Ping unique is that the customers really get engaged with this product. Uh, it's also exciting for the customer. You know, when a person gets a new iPhone, the first thing they do is show it off to their friends. 
you know, even when it's a new update or software update, they show it off. Ping is one of those devices that the customers love to show off because they can make changes on the fly. I've seen it happen that when I was in a boardroom uh, recently with commercial jobs that we've been on, we did a, a town hall and we brought Ping in to show it to a bunch of end users. Uh, we gave it to a couple of people uh, for two weeks. We installed one lighting control, one lock, and one shade uh, into a in these customers' homes. And then we asked them to come back a week later and talk about it with these room of people. The first thing that they talked about is how exciting it is at dinner to go over with friends and family um, when they want to make a change to a lighting scene or um, unlock or lock their doors or kind of, pardon my French, but scare the crap out of their wives by turning on and off the lights. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Them. That's a really smart thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but here's the thing. It's cool, it's exciting, and it's fun, and it's easy to use. Um, it's back to that Sonos flavor. Uh, Ping is like Sonos, but it has the power of Crestron. You know, Crestron is like no other integration brands. You know, I'm newer to Crestron for two years, but I dealt with a lot of manufacturers, and I can speak on myself with Crestron. And once I had one product to Crestron, I wanted another one and another one and another one. Ping helps to make the sale a lot easier um, because the customer is able to do those installations. A lot of customers I want to recommend installing a light switch. But you know what? A lot of customers are installing light switches. They're going to Home Depot or Lowe's and they're purchasing these Lutron, Cachotos, or whatever the name of the company yeah. uh, for these install lighting switches and you know, door locks. Um, with Ping, it's just as easy and it's just as fun, but it has the power and the backing of Crestron's name. Um, I invested so much time and so many hours into Crestron Ping because I believe it is the product of the future and it is something that can bring this industry together. It's not going to tear us apart. You know, Hope, you're a programmer. Are you afraid of Ping, or are you embracing Ping? Uh, you know, when it first came out, I was a little uh, side-eyed towards it, but now I think it's great. <laughs> um, right. I, think it's, I think it's the logical extension of what Crestron has always done best, which is we can talk to everything. We can control anything. Um, and so it used to be RS-232 or IR, you know, we can talk RS-232 to anything, and now it's APIs. You know, if your product has an API, Crestron can talk to it. Um, and, and honestly, it makes the smaller jobs less of a pain so that people like me can focus on the fun stuff because, you know, setting up a, a simple, basically universal remote system you know, it's not it's not what gets me out of bed in the morning. It's the big, complicated jobs, and it gives you a chance to, to focus on that. Yeah, absolutely. And, right, and you're more projects than you ever were before. That also means you're able to bring in more customers and hire more employees. You know, Crestron Ping is one of those products that helped my cust you know my company grow. That's why I've been embracing it so much, and I've been pushing it as much as I have. You know, people say to me all the time, "Is Crestron paying you?" No, Crestron's not paying me. This is how excited I am for Crestron Pink because I know that my company is going to grow from this product. This is the only product that I have been able to go to a customer and feel 100% excited about because beforehand, let's be honest, I have to hire programmers in order to do Crestron jobs. Now, finally, I'm able to do these jobs myself. Whatever I speak to a customer and I tell the customer, I know for a fact that could be done from the beginning of the conversation to the end of the conversation. I also know another thing, that the customer is able to make those changes. Now, it's not only myself making those changes. 
It's the customer making those changes. And yes, pressure on paying Internet of Things, of course, it's where the future is. It is now no longer IR or RS-232. It's all through TCIP and integration, and Crestron Ping is the only product that's in this market that can do what it does, and it's going to continuously grow. And you know what? If it gets out to the end user, they want to sell that directly, so be it. This We need to have companies like Crestron educate and show the value why we're so valuable as integrators. I want Crestron to use their marketing dollars to make my company more successful. You know, why not? We understand that we know where it's going. Is Crestron Ping is the beginning of a new era for this industry. It's finally going to let this industry be this little hole that everyone says that no one knows about, and it's going to turn into something like the movie industry or the lighting industry. You know, it's going to be the biggest thing since sliced bread, and that's what I'm excited about is Crestron is bringing it. You know, Sonos started it. I don't like Sonos, and I made it public. I will only use Sonos to hold down this weight, this paper that is here, and that's it. But <laughs> one thing I do embrace Sonos for is that they let people know about us, and they let people know about our industry, and they built excitement for our industry that it's easy to do and it's fun to do. That's what Crestron is and Crestron Ping is. Wow, I sound like an infomercial. You know what, Todd? I just, <laughs> I just, I, I wish that you would get excited about something every once in a while, Todd. I'm just. Nice, right? If I might, I just made a second there. Uh, you know, what he's saying with regard to what Sonos brought, I think, is that clients want, there's a, there's a whole niche of clients that want to be self-empowered to work on the system themselves. And I think that's what Sonos did very well, is they introduced a multi-room audio system that people could self-install. And so, of course, as, a, as an integrator, I can't say that I initially want to embrace that whole DIY concept, but coming from the security space, as I'm sure everybody's well aware, you know, that's been a, a section of our industry where DIY has been proven to be very successful. So I think you know, paying is one of those opportunities that it's, a, it's more of a uh, compromise, if you will. You know, for, regardless whether they have an entry-level budget or an extremely elaborate budget, you do have those customers that want to be able to self-tinker and Ping is that solution. You get them the quality of Crestron, but the ability to play with it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lindsay, from a standpoint of, I guess, Crestron's um, notability or notoriety, um, their level of, of visibility, what does this do for that? I mean, the fact that Microsoft has, has basically um, given them a nice little stamp, a nice little pat on the back you know, in, in an international uh, computing show. We're talking about uh, Microsoft now not paying, right? Yes, yes. How, what, what Microsoft d did for Crestron, I guess, basically is the best way to put that. Uh, yeah, I mean, what I didn't, I didn't really connect the dots at first, but, um, you know, they worked closely together on the RL solution um, a few years ago, so they have history together. And Crestron was in it, you know, from one of the earliest standpoints with, with one of the early models, you know, so being able to build natively in there. Um, I mean, it definitely does a lot for them. Absolutely. I mean, they're they're really proud to be part of this of this partnership, and, and understandably so. Um, well, one thing that was interesting to me that I noticed in in Microsoft's press release about this, I haven't gotten to really delve into, is uh, I, I understand that Crestron is an exclusive partner partner as far as um, the native operation and and building their platforms together so closely early on. But, uh, you know, there was one little line in the press release about how um, AMX control systems are also supposed to, to 
to integrate really, um, I, I, I'm not even sure exactly to what level, but AMS's name was mentioned right next to Crestron's, like in the same capacity. So I was sort of confused about that, and I, that's one th one of the top things that I want to investigate further next week at, week at Infocom when I talk to Microsoft, and I'd, um, hopefully when I when I get a chance to talk to AMX, really, it's like I, I thought this was like a totally exclusive deal with Crestron, and that was that was really my understanding, and I'm sure there is a, a, a distinction between that. And I'm also sort of curious to ask some of the integrators too, you know, people who are more traditionally an AMX control house versus Crestron, you know, if this partnership with Microsoft with the Surface Hub um, is going to influence their buying decisions there. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That and you're right. That and it may be one of these things where maybe it's where you know one company having multiple different partnerships. You know, that I'm going to be interested to see what you find out. So. Uh, Miss uh, Miss Hope, what does this mean? Uh, what uh, I guess I should ask it this way: How important do you think Ping is to the future of Crestron? I mean, obviously, Todd is is uh, let's say bullish to be to be <laughs> kind. Um, but, but how do you, how important do you think it is? Um, I think it's very important to them because you have so many, especially in the residential space, because you have all all these other companies that have come out lately where they have systems that are easier to program, easier to configure, easier to set up. And I think that's been a real Achilles heel for Crestron is traditionally in order to have a great Crestron system, you've needed to have a great Crestron programmer. And um, I think I know from being at Masters that there's less than a thousand of us that are at the master level. So we just can't be everywhere all the time. Um, and so I think it really helps Crestron to ma maintain a, a, a higher level of competition with some of these smaller companies that they have a product that people who are good but not necessarily programmers can set up, can configure because you know um, when there's a problem with the system, Crestron's name is all over everything um, and so you see Crestron on your touch panel, you see Crestron on your remote, and you don't like your house, and that's the association that you have if somebody sets it up badly. So Ping sort of gives them that level of control to make sure that there are systems out there that are working well, even if they're not done by a big house that has, you know, master level programmers on staff. And then, you know, like I said before, there's still going to be plenty of work for the people that need something totally custom, and that's what folks like me will be able to do and be able to concentrate on. So um, I don't have ping in my house just because I like to tinker even past that level. Um, but if I was, you know, into Crestron and not a master level programmer, I would definitely have it in my house and be playing with it. Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's one thing I, I found with with a lot of programmers is. If you are uh, if you're a programmer and you have a system at your house, you're, that's what you do. That's <laughs> that that's your hobby. So, yeah. Uh, all right, let's keep. Tim, yes. Tim, can I touch base on one thing? Uh, actually, for hope for this question, uh, like you said, there's a lot of companies out there, like Control Floor or Savant or whatever the companies may be. It's a lot easier to program. Uh, mm -hmm. What do you feel about uh, Crestron Studio coming back into the market? I know that it was don't, uh, hash don't. Oh no no don't, don't even go there. Even <laughs> go, go there. Go there. I want to ask Todd ask, Anthony come... Puma. Don't <laughs> even freaking. Okay, show. <laughs> I plead the fifth on that one. I don't. I'll, I've written about it. I've spoke. No. Now. So Todd just asked me about Simple Sharp, and I'm very excited <laughs> about it. 
I'm learning it right now as we speak. I have a book on my bedside table, and I'm very excited for everything that Simple Sharp will give me as a control freak programmer. Well, that was very well done. That was very well done. <laughs> the reason why Thank you. they're re-announcing Restaurant Studio back into you know, the market, and I've been doing some testing with it, and it seems like it's it's working. You know, again, I'm not at your level, nearly close to your level, but it's coming out. They're announcing it during Infocom, and again, being a resi guy who's not as knowledgeable as anyone in this room on the programming aspect, you know, I did feel like it drives very well. I had it, uh, you know, I did a couple of tests, and it works. I'd never seen it prior to where it is now, but... You know, I would like to get some feedback, you know, and maybe when we all meet up in Infocom and see what you guys feel at that time. Again, I understand what happens. Uh, I would say that Crestron's biggest problem with a lot of things like Crestron Studio is that they've released some things that are a bit half-baked. Crestron Studio was definitely on that. Smart Graphics is in that same category. And what happens is people like me play with it. We're so busy, we just go, oh, this stinks. I'm never using this again. And then they make improvements, but you've already kind of said, I'm done with this. Lucky for me, I had a big you know, multi-million dollar job with all TSW panels, so I had to learn Smart Graphics at a time when most people were kind of the opposite of bullish on them um, and so I was able to embrace them and all the things that you can do with them but um, well, and see with, with yeah, smart anyway. graphics I, I think they've actually gotten they, they've done some improvements to smart graphics uh, I would agree oh, yeah. with you the first the first couple of iterations they were it was very rough but um, some of the cool little modules they've got you can drop in you know just yeah. do things like I, the keypads. I love smart graphics now I yeah. did not love them at first and uh, and I definitely had to get buy-in even from just other people that I was working with like no we're gonna do smart graphics on this one it's gonna be great I promise you know and to their credit they listened to a lot of us when we said you know when you make me change 17 different properties just to have a different color on the text on, a, on an advanced button you just make me wanna you know never use your, your new touch panels ever again yeah. so um, they did listen All right. I, I I will I will at least try it out because you're my buddy, Mr. Todd, and <laughs> it won't be Thank today or tomorrow, much. but I will try it out. <laughs> how about how about this? I'll learn Simple Sharp and then I'll try Studio. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about projections, or let's talk about displays, because here's and and in full, you know, I don't know if this is uh, disclosure or what have you, but. Lindsay's from SCN. This is another magazine. This is another publication called Innovate. Um, so two things about this story. First of all, the headline says DNP breaks 100-inch barrier with flat screen. Um, Hope, what do you think of when you hear the word flat screen? Uh, I, you're, you're reading my mind right there, Tim, because I, I read into the article and I said, there's a projector on top. That's exactly. cheating. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not a 100-inch flat screen. I'm sure it's a flat screen, like a flat projection screen, but it's not a flat screen. It's not a display. It's, it's... All, all I could think was I, that doesn't mean what you think it does. Exactly. <laughs> it, I was you keep really using... confused by this article. I mean, it's, it's short, but for everything that you guys are saying, I, I was like, I'm not sure I get what this is about, really, and I, I haven't seen any of the story yet. Well, it, it, so I, I, I get it. It looks, it, it does look very slick, right? I mean, it, it, it's you know, laser and all that jazz, and, and the, the, yes, the lasers are getting better and better, and 
There are rumors of twenty thousand lumens projectors coming out next week, right? That's that's one of the one of the nasty rumor mills that that have been going on the last you know last week or so. Um, but this this got me got me thinking, and, and we'll just kind of kick it around just in general. Um, uh, Lindsay, for your own personal, not even not even you know from SCN standpoint, which would you rather have? Would you rather have an actual flat screen and what we're talking about, an actual physical? A TV, right? Let's go, let's call it what it is. It's a freaking TV. Let's. Like, would you rather have that, or would you rather have a hundred-inch projection screen? I mean, if we're if we're talking about my dream home and not yeah. my tiny little Brooklyn apartment, yeah, I'd absolutely rather have the hundred-inch screen. I mean, if, would anyone answer it otherwise? Well, <laughs> the there are there Maybe. are there are benefits, right? So so at, at my house, mm-hmm. I I don't have hundred inches. I don't have eighty inches, right? Um, but I have it on an articulating arm. Because my my living room is is rather small, um, but it's it's right in line to right next to our kitchen, and so my wife can turn it, and you know while we're, we're hanging out and making dinner or whatever, she can watch. But honestly, she she can watch baseball. Um, so that would be one of the reasons why why you would have a display. So. No, that's true. So, I mean, the, the panels definitely have their purposes. Um, the kitchen example is a great one, um, especially, you know, people who like to cook in their kitchen with the, the panels, for example. That's, that's a great example, too. Um, but, I mean, again, I mean, I was, I was responding in, in terms of, like, dream home, like yeah. my dedicated viewing room. I mean, no contest. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hope, for, for your standpoint, uh, projector or flat panel? If it was a projector, it would have to have freaking lasers in it, um, because sorry, that was a terrible Austin Powers. It reference. was an awesome t- Austin Powers reference. <laughs> uh, actually, in my house, I have a Christie projector that I bust out when we do outdoor movie night. Um, that you know was taken out of a classroom like five years ago, and um, I, I, it's great for that. Um, as someone who used to have to replace projector lamps all the time, I just love flat panels for the fact that I will never have to replace a lamp in them but when you add lasers into the mix you know that is something nice it almost seems like this screen is the worst of both worlds because you're beholden to a projector and all of the problems that you could have with a projector and then you have a screen that you can't move so it's it's all of the it's it's all of the problems with the flat panel and all the problems of a projector all in one nice little package um, so <laughs> So uh, I, I guess I would stick with my current system, which is a flat panel in the living room and then a projector that I just set up outside. Outside, all right. Uh, Todd and or Craig, what do you guys uh, what do you guys prefer? You know what? I'll just go oh, right in the middle. It counts about the application. It counts what room you're in. Um, you know, if I have my family room and living room in very well lit areas, I'm going to prefer the flat panel. But if you're going to go in a basement area and you're going to have like that weekend car. That's when you do the projector screen. You know, it's it's really all about the application in the room it's in. Uh, if I have a choice, I'm going both. I want to pick one. <laughs> you know, based on my home and my size. So I want to stick with the both. You know, stay right down the middle. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, of the flat panels. Uh, I totally agree with Todd that you know if you're gonna have a dedicated uh, cinema room, then you know obviously then projection is really the way to go. And what I see in this product at 100 inches, I don't. We've never done a theater where somebody wants a screen that small. So Certainly not the application there. But what I don't like about this product is the aesthetics. So my wife or the interior decorator, 
they're not going to be going for projectors and 100-inch screens. You know, they want the husband towing it away from the 80-inch panel and more of on the 65 as the compromise, and there's no way she's letting me hang a projector on the uh, ceiling of the living room. Oh, no. I, I agree with that. 65 inches is the compromise? Really? That's a compromise. Yeah, sure. For you? Well, when you want the 80, you know, then you gotta you gotta compromise down. To no, 65. 70 would be a compromise. 65 is just oh, giving in. Well, I'm a real pushover. <laughs> Wait till you meet my wife. I'm gonna. I just met this guy and I'm gonna get him in trouble. Watch this. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, well, you know what? This that, that makes a nice nice segue into our next our next topic about women in AV. Um, so this, uh, this, uh, this, this gentleman, uh, he's a, he's a British scientist, right? Rather accomplished. I mean, they don't just give Nobel prizes to anybody. Um, at least not that I'm aware of. And, uh, his name's Sir Tim Hunt. So he's, you know, not only is a Nobel prize, but he also has a knighthood. Uh, said some interesting things at a gathering of, of women, uh, scientists, actually. Um, the quote was, uh, the problem with having women... In the um, lab is that they fall in love with you, you fall in love with them, and um, they cry when you criticize them. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> now, after, to his credit, afterwards he said he was sorry about the trouble uh, with the comments. Um, but, <laughs> good God. So, Actually, no, he didn't say he was sorry about the comments. Yeah. He said he was sorry that he made the comments in a room full of journalists. Well, yes. And he called them girls, and, which was the other thing. Yes. And then he said, I'm sorry you feel that way, which is pretty much the ultimate non-apology ever. Yeah, like, like I'm sorry that Todd feels that way about Crestron Studio. Anyhow. Um, <laughs> that was so hope i mean are, are we still there i mean i, I guess i should say where are we when it comes to 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 gender working together because it, it, and and not for nothing but hope is an accomplished uh, programmer she's one of the but one of the things is, is hope is probably one of the one of a handful of of female programmers in the industry um so you work Two hands full but yeah yeah <laughs> that i'm just saying that i that i personally know i mean you got you you got ronnie sprang yeah. you got um um uh, I, her name just went out of my head. Anyhow, um, Emily. Uh, Emily. That we um, just talked to you yesterday. But you've got so you guys work in conjunction with men all day long. They work in conjunction yeah. with you. Where are we in in just the working relationships and and I, I, why are we still talking about this? I guess. Yeah. Well, I should say that in the interest of full disclosure, I did fall in love with my husband at work. Um, <laughs> but we were both in IT at the time, and that was a very long time ago. Um, I, you know, we are seeing more women in AV. You're seeing more women in science. Um, I think part of the problem is when there's just not that many of you, you, you start to speak for your whole gender. You know, I don't think anyone's ever said Tim Albright speaks for all men, but you oh, know, a lot God, of no. times I'm, <laughs> but a lot of times, you know, I'm the only female programmer someone's ever met. So they're basing female programmers off of me because I'm sort of the archetype just because there's nobody else. Um, I think the great thing about this article is that so many people said, whoa, 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 buddy, not so fast. You know, he had to resign from a bunch of places. You know, he did make the non-apology apology, but, I mean, he's 70 years old. He's got a Nobel Prize. He's like the honey badger at this point. He just doesn't, you know, give a you-know-what. Um, and, you know, the, 
that I think it's you know it started a lot of great um, a great conversation. Um, a friend of mine just linked on Facebook this great um, I guess it is a Mashable article, but it has all these female scientists on Twitter, and they used the hashtag distractingly sexy. Um, and they posted pictures of them, you know, like muddy at an archaeology site or like all, you know, with a respirator on in a lab, um, you know, showing what they do, that they're getting dirty, that they're not just trying to be pretty or sexy or cry or whatever, you know, that there are a lot of people out there doing serious work. So that's pretty cool that it's kind of spotlighting the things that, you know, women in technology and science are doing. Um, and I think, you know, the fact that nobody's defending this guy is a good thing, but I mean, is this almost caveman level comments? So I would be pretty surprised if anyone came out in his defense. All right, uh, Lindsay. From your standpoint, uh, you work for for a magazine uh, company called uh, New Bay Communications. There are both men and women. I mean, you you replaced a, a you know a rather successful uh, editor about six months ago by the name of Kirsten Nelson, uh, and and Kirsten was was at the head of that for a long time. But you also have folks like Adam Goldstein that you work with, and um, up until about six months ago, Chuck uh, uh, Chuck that used to work for, for SCN. But you know, you guys and you deal with with engineers and uh, from both female and male perspectives. So where do you think we are? Well. Let's see. I'm going to avoid commenting about that story and that dumb Nobel Prize winner just because we'll <laughs> say inappropriate things. But what I think just generally is um, we're having a lot of these conversations, which I think is a step in the right direction. Yes, there is still a, a major hole of women in the industry. You know, we um, at SCN, we've started, um, we did for the first time, last year an issue just honoring some of the women in the industry and we're going to do that on a regular basis and sometimes it is kind of a constant search to find those um to find those women but um we're we're talking about we're talking about it here um there's the um new women in Focon the uh, leadership committee um the wind council mm -hmm. meeting next week and everybody like breakfast that is just very well attended every year even despite being very early in the morning uh, and and I, I think we're definitely moving in the right direction, and I think, you know, from a, a broader perspective, you know, outside of AV in particular, um, you know, from an education perspective, there finally is more of an emphasis being placed on STEM programs and um, getting women involved in those also. So, you know, I think I think we're moving in the right direction. You know, I, I, I hate that it takes a jerk like this guy to make some idiotic comment for us to to be talking about it, but you know, we talk about it for other reasons also, and, and, and it's hard, I mean, I'm definitely biased because I'm a woman, and, and it is an important issue to me, so I talk about it all the time with people, but and that's, that's what it takes is, it's not women being kind of quietly hiding in the industry, it's, you know, kind of joining together and, and showing men that, that we're serious and that we're smart and that we can get muddy or, or whatever it is, and it's, it's like, <laughs> I, I think it's a good sign, but I'm an optimist. <laughs> no, I like it. I like I like being optimistic. Uh, Mr. Puma, where do you think we are in 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 the terms of of dealing with with gender relations uh, in, in the worksite? I just listen. It shouldn't be brought up. You know, if you're a guy or a girl, it doesn't matter. We all can do our job. Is nothing that it's it's supposed to be for a man a man doing it. You know, like the inner like say for instance installation, right? A lot of contractors. Are um, you know when people think of doing installations, they think of contractors, think of the guys. Um, I don't know how in our industry, 
it just became that only men can do integration. It's it's there's programmers, there's sales, there's you know so many different parts to our business that isn't just the physical contracting aspect of it. Um, I don't think that applies to our industry at all. You know, some of the most successful people in our industry are women. Um, you know, just alone, Marla Laney from Sapphire Marketing are the two people I always think about. And I think how successful Marla is. If I had to pick any person that I look up to in this industry, it would be Marla. That's the person that I would inspire to be more like. Um, so for me, that doesn't apply. And I just think it's ridiculous. And, you know, it's not even a conversation that I have ever, have ever had or want to continue having, uh, especially in our industry. Well said. Well said, sir. Uh, all right, uh, let's move on to one. I don't know if it's silly or if it's scary, but let's just do it, and then we will. Uh, we will. Yeah, let's just do it, and we'll go to Infocom. All right. So this is from The Verge, and what I'm showing on the screen is a Pizza Hut projector. Do not rewind your, your podcast. This is exactly what I said. It is a Pizza Hut projector. What it is, it's a pizza box that when you get it, it comes with a little lens. And scroll up here, and there it is right there. There's the little lens. And you pop out, and you install the lens into the box, and you put, there's a place to put your smartphone. Um, and you, it takes the image from the smartphone, and it blows it up, and it, it you know, expands it, and turns your wall into a projection room so <clears throat> i saw this and i'm like okay <clears throat> how how worried are we <laughs> that this is happening um that's, yes todd stoner everywhere that's what it reminds me of half movie well <laughs> yeah yeah and that's the thing is is, is you know um is this something where, where where we need to be concerned about i guess no, that not at all. That's. <laughs> I think That's the only people. I think the only people who would be really into this would probably be too stoned to get the projector in the focus. If you watch the video, actually, it looks pretty simple. So. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing is so so you've got a projector, sort of, right? Um, is there anything else like I don't know, passive speakers or? simple switcher or a simple HDMI switcher that, that we can start seeing maybe you know Domino's comes out with with the uh, the uh, the the analog speakers or I don't know it's silly. I think the pass the passive speaker would have to be like your coke cup right yeah or your Pepsi cup you know I think on uh, Shark Tank they had that plastic attachment to the bottom of your cell phone to enhance the audio so I would imagine that might come with every pizza box moving forward there you go. Enhance your pizza audio experience. Projector and speaker system all in one box for. All right. You got to have an HDMI one there. Yeah. Uh, as we kind of wrap up here, uh, something that, that my buddy uh, George Tucker uh, started about a month ago, which uh, I'm totally going to steal. Uh, I thought it was a great idea, is inviting very smart, very talented uh, uh, publication people on and to talk about what's happening in, in their industries and, and in not their industries, but in their, their communities and, and their audience. So Ms. Adler is, is, is our, uh, our person for that for today. Excuse me. Uh, so Lindsay, 
take a couple minutes and let's talk about some of your your stories and stuff that you guys are talking about. Okay. Um, well, setting aside all of our Infocom preview type of coverage, so that was that was also on our agenda. We've got some really good content from um, various consultants and integrators in the industry just talking about what what they're looking for in the at the show next week, and there's a lot of good stuff there, but um, I, I would start backing up actually a little bit just to call attention to some, some more general business-oriented stories that we've delved into in our June issue. Um, one of them is, is focusing on innovation in particular and, and what that means for the AV industry. You know, obviously innovation is what tech is all about in a lot of different ways, and it's easy, I mean, so many companies just, you know, use that word, use the word innovation to describe themselves when really they're releasing, you know, a box with a couple extra, you know, IOs on it, you know, and, and it's an excuse to make your new flashy, shiny thing seem like it's the best thing since sliced bread, but really what, what this story did is we took a closer look at what innovation actually means um, from an integration perspective. Um, talking to a firm like Audio Video and Controls um, in New York City, which is kind of a, a boutique AV firm where they work really closely with clients too. They, they do imaginative type of projects and, and they're really not a typical AV um, integrator. They're, they, they do really specialized work and um, just sort of looking at what that means to them really, thinking of themselves more as artists and AV as, as kind of another um, another tool on their color palette. Um, and then um, talking to, we, we talked with um, Julian Phillips from Whitlock who took the perspective of the services model in the industry and how you're not supposed to be just delivering boxes to your clients, you're actually creating these different solutions. And that's a topic that's really just been throughout our publication throughout the industry. We're gonna see a lot of that at Infocom next week for sure. But I mean, that is also, from an integrator perspective, I think what innovation is is about the industry. It's about adapting to this changing market where hardware is less important and where your your bottom lines are being sliced a lot is you know what what's next? Forward thinking type of innovation. And um, we also looked at a, a couple of the, the manufacturers in the industry like Oblong and Mercif, who are some of the leaders just in that really forward thinking innovative type of products that. Again, you know, everyone says that they're innovative, but there are, are very few, I think, that actually go there. So that's one article that I, I was really proud about. I, I think there was a lot of really interesting different things there. Another really different story that we had was about the new age workforce in the industry. And we looked at some different angles there. Um, the idea of renting a CIO, which some companies are doing for um, freelance type of workers. So firms that will farm out workers for specific jobs, for example, or vice versa, who are looking for a CIO to kind of help them along with the AVIT type of convergence, but somebody who doesn't necessarily need to be a permanent staff person for them. You know, it's it's kind of more of a project-based thing, helping with a transition in their company. Um, so there are a couple different angles there. Um, that really is about tailoring your workforce and, and just evolving in that sense also. Um, Real quickly, Lindsay, is that is that something more like along, along the subcontractor line where there's an overarching company that does that, or are these more um, uh, just subcontractors themselves and and kind of uh, project-based people that just kind of you know work for themselves basically? Yeah, it was it, it was a little bit of, well, it was more firm. It wasn't really um, people who work for themselves necessarily. Um, 
there was a, a staffing firm that uh, will staff temporarily for um, AV companies, really, you know, when you need it, where you need it. Um, and uh, Work Market, that's the name of it. Um, and they're specific to the audiovisual industry, just, you know, fit, getting somebody in when, when you don't necessarily have them on staff and, and you can't commit to, you know, duration it takes to, to find that perfect person and, and fit them in and train them and all that sort of thing. Um, but also um, talking to an, an AV integration firm like AVISBL, for example, who they'll, they'll assign project managers to work permanently on location at certain jobs sometimes. So there, there, were, there was a, a range of, and this sort of really evolved actually from what we had initially assigned it as, um, it, it definitely was, it was a growing beast and, and just taking a look at the way that workforce it's changing just across the industry at both ends of the spectrum and at both sides of the business. Oh, very cool. All right. Well, thank you, ma'am. And you can find more about, uh, you, well, here's the thing. <clears throat> Not for nothing, but SCN is also the folks that give you your show daily. So if you like your show daily, you'll like SCN. That's all I'm saying. So... All right, um, I've got a couple things real quick, uh, just kind of tying up some some stuff for Infocom. Um, this is this is something that that I'm I say I'm proud about because, uh, but I didn't do it. So let's just start there. Um, <clears throat> we've got a, a a web a couple web guys, uh, Matt Scott and Brad Bradford Ben, um, who have been working their tails off, and what I'm showing currently is. Uh, a little website that we have called avnation.tv and this is the way it's going to look in about 24 hours. Um, it, it's a fully revamped, re-everything site and it's, it's kind of cool. So um, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's it right there. So um, like I said, they're going to they're gonna redo some stuff and, and, and do that up uh, here in about 24 hours or so. Uh, the other thing we've got is uh, just kind of a reminder of a couple of things we've got going down the pipeline uh, for next week. Uh, we'll be hanging out with, with Lindsay a couple of times. She's going to, I think you, are you coming to the, the, the tweet up? Uh, I'll be at the tweet up at the later half of it. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Um, I thought I saw you. Um, but, uh, we've got the tweet up on Thursday, which is, uh, four to uh, 6 PM at W223A is, is our, our room number. SCN has a booth. Uh, we have a booth. Uh, you, you, uh, you guys actually have a really cool booth and I'm not going to, I'm not going to steal your thunder, but when you get there, it's, it's really cool. Uh, but ours is at six 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 seven, which is in Hall D. Um, we've got that going on. We got some stuff with uh, with some other folks. We got the Daily Do. We've got the AV selfie. So all kinds of really fun stuff next week. Uh, if you're not going to Infocom, uh, which there's only about thirty five, thirty seven thousand of you who are, follow us. Follow SCN. Follow Daily Do. There's a bunch of people, really great people, doing a lot of really cool things. Um, the AV selfie has actually technically already started. Uh, my, my buddy Sarah Abrams from, from Rave has already posted one. Chuck, uh, um, Mad Sound Guy, has already uh, posted a, a Navy selfie. Technically, Miss Hope Roth has already posted one. Um, so, yeah, so so check that out if you would, please. So, uh, But, yeah, the, the website and everything is kind of cool. So, All right. Tim, yes. Tim, if I can make one more plug for those people who, who will be at the show and won't be at the show, mm -hmm. I, I think you've probably seen our curated social media hub that, that we have at the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unlike anything else that, that anybody's done at the show in, in terms of social media, pulling in content from every, every firm, and uh, that link is infocom2015.avnetwork.com, um, so we'll link that after the show also. Okay, that's perfect. 
beautiful looking site and it's just there's some really really cool fun looking stuff there so if you like social media you're definitely going to want to check it out infocom2015.avnetwork.com very cool all right uh miss hope roth uh master's level programmer extraordinaire thank you ma'am thank you and where can people find you um or um about you uh i am on twitter uh at beer and pie I will also be at Infocom this year. It's my first time going. I can never get anyone to pay, so I just paid my own way this year. And I will be speaking at the Win. I'll be talking about um, uh, how I became a programmer. Very cool. Awesome. Todd, are you there? Yes, I am. All right. How can people find out more about you and Craig? Craig, Craig. Uh, you can find us at uh, gmiautomation.com. And uh, we look forward to seeing everybody at Infocom. Right, and you can find me at Todd Anthony Puma at Twitter and the thesourcehometheater.com. Right, very good. Lindsay, uh, where can people find you or SCN? Uh, SCN you can find online at avnetworks.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Lindsay M. Adler. Lindsay M. Adler. All right. Uh, my name is Tom Albright, uh, but don't follow me. Go by the website and, and follow all of my buddies and pals at AV Nation. Um, yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on next week, so uh, just stay tuned. Uh, lots of lots of video booth tours, lots of interviews, um, lots of stuff. So, yeah, uh, website is avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. This has been AV Week.